there, and welcome to Polyamory Uncensored, a podcast where we, your hosts, Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams, interview a poly person each episode, and we try to answer the five points of journalism. Who, what, when, where, and why, as it pertains to our poly lives. You're listening to episode 54 of Polyamory Uncensored. Today, we're doing another special episode, doing a live commentary on Netflix's Easy. This one is season two, episode two, which portrays a couple in the beginning of their poly journey. Uh, you can watch along with us, or you can watch the episode and then listen to us, or do both. And uh, stay tuned because we'll be doing more live commentary on these episodes following this particular poly couple. We hope that you enjoy uh, Hollywood's take on the good, the bad, the ugly, and the just plain complicated truths about our poly lives. All right, so we're going to do a countdown to start this episode so that you can sync with us. Again, we're on season two, episode two, and both of us are paused at one second in. So we see the Netflix logo right now. Uh, so if we want to count down, three, two, one, play. All right. It's always unnerving because it's silent during that part. Mm hmm. So marriage therapy, right? Right. <laughs> very adult they're adulting mm -hmm. i think that's a actually a common like misconception with new poly couples is that what they're doing being open is more enlightened more adult more um just better in every single way and you know it's hard to argue that like having better communication isn't better it obviously is great but but being poly doesn't mean you have good communication skills being poly doesn't mean you have a good relationship you know like yeah it's being poly isn't an inherently superior choice for all people exactly yeah <laughs> I also just feel like adding more people to a broken marriage or even just a, a struggling marriage often end in, you know, tears and heartbreak. So if they've had all this therapy and they're ready to go, how can they not have had this conversation about are there rules or not? And he seems so unsure, and she's just like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. 
Now that yard is totally plausible as an act. <laughs> <laughs> yard of people with kids, yeah. Yep. One of the cool things about this show is that, like, the fact that he's an actor comes into multiple other episodes. So other people in his acting group, people that are or used to be in his acting group, they have their own episodes. And sometimes, like, they're in the background. Him and, uh, oh, gosh, what are their names? I've already forgotten. Kyle? Kyle? Yeah, Kyle. And his wife, Andy. Uh, they'll be like in the, at the same bar as the other people in the story. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's so flirty. I know, right? There's an interesting dynamic when people who uh, know you're married or know you're partnered are flirting with you and they don't know you're open. <laughs> and then when they find out and they're like, oh, I don't know if I like that, you know, like... I mean, sometimes I, I've had that as an experience where they're like, oh, oh, so it's ethical? Well, that's not as fun. <laughs> you kind of love that they're playing Ticket to Ride. Yeah, I do love that. <laughs> All the poly people will recognize Ticket to Ride. Also, the constant texting mm -hmm. is very poly. <laughs> yeah. no, You're always answering. Sort of show her as like kind of checked out. Yes. Checked out. Not really being very, um, I don't know, conscious of like family time. Like that's, yeah. I don't know, kind of shitty. And I, yeah, it happens. And obviously she's a big yeah. shot in her, um, at her work. So it might not be even all that weird for her to be texting or having her phone out all the time but i i mean there's been friction in a lot of my relationships with like how much phone usage and when it's especially again when you're new it's all so exciting and shiny and fun and especially these folks who have been married for what i think is like some 15 Seven, 16 years or, yeah tons of time and they haven't been able to flirt and date and meet new people and so it's so exciting that it's like and so intoxicating you forget about all this other stuff going on and everything right. else kind of goes to the side well and that is I think very interesting about this but also very true to life like that the texting the distraction the like it's very real life Mm-hmm. 
That's another thing. <laughs> Talk about that. Can we do that? Yeah. Do what? Can we yeah, hit pause? Because sure, I think that's sure, sure, sure. thing. Sure. Let's pause here at I'm at seven minutes thirty eight seconds. All right. I paused at seven thirty seven, but we're I can close. Back. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Or I'll count down and then you can do like one second there. Anyway, I think the I don't want to sit at home while you're out on a date is a really big thing for nesting couples mm -hmm. yes. and, and I think it's something that almost is like dooms you because life is not that tidy right like, and it's it's keeping score if you're going yeah. out then I'm going out if you're going to have a good time then I have to have a good time and it's not leaving space for being alone ever being comfortable being alone Right, exactly. And I think, you know, if you want to set up a situation where, yes, we each have a go out and do our own thing every Thursday or whatever, like, that's fine. Like, that's a way to organize life. You get a sitter for Thursdays, you both go do your own thing on Thursdays, whatever. Um, but you have to accept that sometimes, like, one person might be on a date and one person might not be on a date. Or mm -hmm. if keep your childcare costs down, which I think is a lot more like what normal people have to figure out. I'm like that was one moment of this show that I'm like, really? You, you know, okay, I'm going to go out on Monday nights and you're going to go out on Thursday nights. And like each of us has a night that is ours where we can go and do a thing. But again, it's not going to be like, you can only go out on Monday nights if I have a date on Thursday. Like mm -hmm. it means that that's your day to go out on dates or to go take yourself to the movies or to go hang out with your friends or to go sit in a bookstore and, you know, like whatever you enjoy doing, you know, in a non pandemic universe, you should have some time to be able to do that. And I think that that's really healthy for a relationship where each person gets to build in time to be themselves. But I think the idea that, and it's all going to happen on a perfect schedule where I'm never going to sit at home while you're on a date is an unrealistic expectation that is going to lead to disappointment and frustration and jealous feelings and fear. And it's just setting yourself up to fail. It totally is. I, I can sympathize with the very first date that your partner's going on in a newly opened couple. I could see how that would be too tough to just sit and be alone with your own thoughts. And I think that's kind of how it starts. It's like, oh, I don't want to be alone here uh, with myself or with my kids, you know, because that's also kind of tough. You're like, oh, great. Now I'm the, you know, I'm the parent and they're off having fun and they don't have to parent right now. That could really be sucky. So I, I could totally understand in the beginning how you would want a distraction or you'd want a uh, something to busy yourself, whatever. Um, but with time, I think people figure out that one, it is incredibly expensive to always have a babysitter whenever you guys want to have a date. And two, even just scheduling. I mean, two people's schedule is enough. And then when you're saying like, oh, well, you're going to go on a date on Thursday. Well, I have to find a date on Thursday. 
good luck, you know, like maybe, maybe you'll find someone, maybe they work night shifts, maybe they, uh, you know, like have an early morning on Friday, you know, it's, it's really hard uh, to try to work out every, everyone's schedule. And if you're also dating other poly people, they might have other obligations and dates and family and friends and all this other stuff. So it's like even more hard. Um, I know I have a poly friend who's like, if you don't, if you want to schedule a date with me, it's got to be like two weeks in advance or it's not happening. Cause I'm too busy, you know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think a lot of people we know were sort of in that, in the before times, like COVID has changed things because all of our dating is different to the extent it's happening at all. Um, and that constant busyness and stuff to do is not the same as it was, but it's still a logistical challenge. Even Mm -hmm. if you've got, you know, every advantage in the world, the idea that it's always going to work out to have dates on the same nights as your partners is unrealistic. It's just unrealistic. Yeah, exactly. All right. I'm going to count another countdown. Again, we're at 7.37 on mine, and Lindsay's at 7.38, so we're going to see if we can line this up here. Three, two, one, I'm going, you're going. Something we didn't really mention was them talking about their crushes and their flirting in bed before and how they were turned on by that. I think it's actually really common in couples. I'm not quite sure why we haven't talked about it, maybe because it's kind of taboo or weird or something, but I feel like it's it's actually probably more common than you would assume that a lot of couples will talk about their dates and the people they're flirting with and their crushes, and it can be really exciting for the other person especially if then they they have and feel a lot of compersion, I feel like sometimes that's even a turn on for the other person to hear about how yeah, and that's not limited to nesting partners by any stretch of mm-hmm. the imagination. Like my girlfriend and I often talk about, you know, things that we miss about the life before, including dates and people who we find attractive and people who we would like to one day perhaps get to maybe make out with and, you know, things like totally. that. And it's fun. Yeah. And hot. Yeah. I think for, for some people, it can really add like this. I, you know, I, I don't want to say spice up your marriage because that could be, that's an awkward thing. I don't know. But like, but it does add this like, different spice to what could be a a bland sex life for people who have been together for almost 20 years right (laughs) a hundred years i like her awkwardness that part feels really real Oh, for sure. I feel like awkward energy is the, like, sixth poly love language. (laughs) (laughs) 
And even that, like, oh, the stranger is flirting with me. And, oh, weird. I actually kind of can flirt back. Like, it's right. a new thing, you know? And it's like, well, not that, not that monogamous people can't flirt. I hate the idea that a monogamous people couldn't flirt, especially if it was, like, innocent and totally right. harmless. It's definitely a sort of different I, dynamic to it. Yeah. There's possibility, whereas maybe there wasn't before. Mm-hmm. And his awkwardness is different from her awkwardness, which also feels really truthful. Yeah, he sounds like he's coming out and saying that he has cancer. Right. <laughs> you know, like, he looks so, I don't know, yeah. freaked out and maybe ashamed. And... Like, what are they going to think? Sure. I don't yeah. want them to worry, but I, maybe, they, maybe I do. <laughs> He sounds a little defensive about all that. He is definitely, yeah, um, the lady doth protest too much, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, he's saying a lot. Of, a lot. It's so great. Yeah. It's the best thing. There's no trouble whatsoever. There's nothing wrong. Right. Yeah, awkward. your cat and come back for sure walk the cat <laughs> that's literally the line that's so funny Cheers. Cheers. Holy shit. You're a move. What do you mean? What are you going to do? I'm going to go over there and be here with you. And 
babysitter and, uh, and maybe text Amy? No. I kind of like how the friend is like trying to manipulate things. Not in a totally. bad way, but like no, in a... Like a, a good wingman kind of yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> Amy is the friend. The friend that just left. Yep. I, I'm going to write these names down. That's what happens with poly relationships. There's always so many but fucking you need names. Poly <laughs> Andy, Kyle, Amy, Justin, Justin. <laughs> that would have been my question like seriously yeah. that's a thing I have so many friends who are professional massage therapists so they're like don't even talk about sex work this is not sex work I am pro sex work but this is not sex work and I'm like right. yep, and I, think yep that's I get fair. it <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah. but when I think about like happy ending like sex work massages, I'm like, oh, that's not a thing. People are professionals. Don't ever even think about that. But I'm like, oh, no, it's a thing. Like sex work exists and is real and it happens. So. And it seems reasonable that there would be people who want sort of plausible deniability in their sex work where that's sort of right there in that not quite gray area. Right. I could also see as someone who's in an, a non-monogamous relationship trying sex work out um, as a as a way of testing the waters to see how they because I, I think it's like less high stakes, lower stakes because right. you don't have to. You're not going to date that person. They are not right. your date. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're just a potential no fun time. That this is going to be a relationship, right? And actually, when I was putting this episode on, I saw that the next episode um, is about a sex worker, and it's really good. I really, I highly recommend it. Oh, okay. Yeah, not it's it's a fun episode. Their story arc, but the next episode. It is not. Yeah, it has nothing to do with them, but it's just the next episode in the lineup. And I was like, oh, that was a fun one. It was. Um, it's definitely a, a not safe for work episode, <laughs> but no, it's definitely a fun one. Show is pretty not safe for work. Really. Nothing is. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. that's real realistic like I mean going home with a stranger might not necessarily be everyone's uh, thing or, or anyone's uh, reality but uh, calling your husband or calling your partner to be like hey I'm uh, I'm going to be leaving this bar with someone and going to their house and I don't know if they're going to axe murder me <laughs> like just going to give you a heads up like that's such a common call to make right and a responsible call to make. <laughs> I 
Um, this is where I'm helping you know, for $50. <laughs> oh, so clinical. She's like bummed. Oh man, that's fifty dollars. It would have been really, really easy. You know, money. Like yeah, that's... yeah. I hope he tipped her well. <laughs> so too. Probably not the whole fifty bucks though. <laughs> Probably not. But that, it's so it's so funny because that is kind of why he went there. He didn't go for a right. massage. No, but like, he's awkward and uncertain enough about it that when it wasn't completely, when it wasn't sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. It was not sexy. She's just like, meh. Okay, so for another. <laughs> and really, talk. I think yeah. he wants to. He wants to be with uh, Amy or or his wife. You know, either way. But he like doesn't want to. He doesn't probably want something that's just a stranger. Right. Especially and a stranger it, who is so clinical about it. Right. But I think that's kind of the difference between Andy and Kyle is that, like, he wants a committed polyamorous relationship. And it seems that she's more into, like, sexual components right. and sexual right. relationships. Oh, Amy's inviting him over. Andy's having sex on somebody's table. <laughs> Guys, a really nice I, apartment. I know. I was just gonna say he is so attractive, and then I was like, "Wow, his house is really attractive too." That's really, I mean, it's very, a lot of action going on there. More than you see on a lot of kinds of television. Yeah, I feel like Netflix doesn't really have to, uh, oh, what is the answer to anyone? <laughs> they do what they want. It's true. It's true. I, um, after our last episode, I went and I, like, watched, like, five minutes of, like, ten different things to scoot this out of the... When you turn on, when you open Netflix, be on the landing page because my daughter watched a lot of stuff together, yeah. and I think I must have failed because she was like, "Mom, we should make a new Netflix account for the one for stuff that we watch together." Mm, and I was like, "Yep, what a maybe. good idea!" <laughs> yeah, we have like mm, five different Netflix accounts. Yeah. But that's because I don't want uh, three-year-olds' Netflix preferences to screw up mine. <laughs> There's only so much cartoon that yeah. you can handle. Oh, here we go. The start of actual relationship romance.
it's interesting how they're shooting these so differently. Totally. Like, this is slower and more awkward and more lighting and... Kind of soft, like... um, Yeah, like slower, more maybe, like, cute, sensual, instead of, like... Right, hot. Yeah, hot, yeah. Right, like they are fucking, but they are not... And they're not looking at each other. It's like not, no eye contact. It's it's not yeah. fun. fun. Right. Like it might be hot, but it's not intimate. And I mean, good for them. No judgment. Yeah. I mean, there's no judgment in what I'm saying. It's just a really different way of yeah. relationships. He was pretty good at that, though. <laughs> well, I think if someone's been married for a couple, you know, over a decade, they've probably taken off a bra or two. <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> Liar. Well, that was a something of a negotiation. Yes. Maybe our words would have been helpful, but you know. I also think that those kind of negotiations will also determine what you consider sex because. If he's going down on her right now, which I think he might be, like, yeah, it looks like that's sex, what dude. That's yeah, sex. That's sex. <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to have sex with you tonight. Can we do other things? It's still sex. Yeah. Like, yeah, and and she's gonna go down on him too. Like that. It's sex. That's sex. Sex. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. So she doesn't actually do that. Well, it seems like maybe he wasn't ready, which is so interesting the way they've sort of flipped the stereotypes on there. Like in this whole storyline, Andy is far more sexually aggressive and more interested in 
getting off. And Kyle mm-hmm. was a little bit more, let's slow down. I don't know if I'm in the mood. I need to feel close to you first. And those are, again, like, I don't want to invalidate either way of being, but they are stereotypically associated differently with gender. Opposite gender. Yeah, absolutely. And he's like, I want to cuddle. And she's like, I want fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, that is. It's But what's funny is that just in being in the poly community, it's it's really common for women to be like, I want to fuck. Especially, I think, I mean, some women hit their prime of like sexual uh, prowess. I don't know. Is that, that's probably not the right word, but either way, um, like There's... sexual activity and interest in their forties. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and that's also when uh, testosterone in men maybe start to decrease and maybe they're more interested in the like, sexy cuddle time instead of the sexy fuck you against the wall kind (laughs) um so yeah so it's it's it is common actually the perception is the opposite but i think that the reality is that it's pretty common i think that's probably true All of them sleep in a lot of clothes. I know, right? I don't know if maybe that is like kind of just normal for people with kids, maybe, or I don't know, Chicago, <laughs> cold winter nights or whatever. I don't know. I'm kind of the type to just be like, I'm not going to sleep in anything ever because it's annoying. But I do understand uh, them having kids. Right. Right, but the actor friend didn't have kids, and she they got in bed fully or mostly clothed. Yeah. Her grimace. She can't seem to quite figure out how she feels about it. he took that well like I gotta say as someone who's been poly for 13 years I wouldn't have taken that as well (laughs) but he did turn around and say I made out with my friend Amy. No, I did not. I and they both were pretty coy about what they did and to what extent. Uh and I mean obviously I think that like he does come out and talk about it, but uh yeah, it again like the open and honest communication is a goal and a the ideal, but so often that is really hard to to develop it's really hard to get comfortable with and i think that in some ways it's actually probably harder in a really long established marriage because you have patterns that are harder to break than a pattern that might not be you know 15 years in the making yeah this is reminding me a little bit there's actually another netflix show 
which I, I don't know if I'd suggest or not. I didn't finish it called uh, Wanderlust. And I think I saw that, but I it didn't draw me in. Tony Collette is the is the wife and her husband I recognize, but I don't know his name. And they also, I mean, very similar story. They're opening up their relationship. They're dating new people. It just got it got real dark and sad. And I didn't like the first couple episodes. I was like, hell yeah, this is it. This is a poly relationship. This is this is what's happening. And it's really realistic. And then it just got really dark. And I was like, oh, man, this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> I don't want to watch this. So it is probably really good. And Tony Collette is amazing. But I was just it, it was just kind of a bummer. So I couldn't finish it. But similar, similar to this, there's a very clear an obvious disconnect on like one person's maybe more interested in sex, one person's more interested in romance and how do you work that out? And yeah, so I, I'm, I'm excited to see how this couple deals with it because I do, I do think it is so common. It's so common. I think that is really true. And I think it's a real challenge, even if you're close to on the same page, you know, people are just different people and where you are right now might not be where you are a year from now or a year ago and figuring out how to make sure that everybody feels, you know, respected and taken care of and loved while you're exploring these different things. That's a challenge. Yeah, for sure. And when you're like tantalized by your partner doing something and then wake up the next day and the harsh reality hits you and you're like, Ooh, maybe we need to talk about safe sex practices. Maybe we need to talk about getting tested, all those things, which they haven't even broached on the show yet. Uh, I feel like that puts it into a different light and, uh, and then might not be as, uh, sexy, fun, tantalizing anymore. Uh, so, um, yeah, I want to see how they deal with that. Um, hooking up with strangers, then your risk profile is going to be really different than mm -hmm. if you are in a monogamous marriage and then you have one other person with whom you have a also kind of monogamous relationship. So that's a, that's a really different risk profile than I go to bars on the weekends and go home with strangers. Totally. And I mean... I guess I wasn't paying close enough attention. I don't know if they showed a condom wrapper or like a, a condom being put. I don't think they showed a condom. They didn't show a condom put on, obviously, and they didn't show any actual like penetration or sex. It's not um, or actual like physical right. sex. So maybe there was no way to show that. But well, you could have shown uh, a condom wrapper or you could have shown them. Yeah. You know, you could have shown her saying like, do you have and him right. like open a drawer you know like there's a lot of ways you could do that in a visual and there was none of it no so that's awkward and i you know and i don't think they ever addressed that of just like what what risks are being had here i mean and granted he went down on on amy and right. there was right. no safety measures taken well, there or discussion she said it's been a really long time you know and, you know, for a long time, it used to be intentional and then it wasn't intentional. So there was an implication, at least, that she hadn't had sex with anybody else in an extended period of time, sure, which sure. Yeah. isn't inherently safe, but is at least suggestive that she is probably she probably doesn't have any STIs. Or um, and she hasn't probably had like 
or she's you know been tested in the meantime or potentially right. yeah i don't know but i do think that it's a it's a pretty common thing in poly communities to like one not count oral sex as sex and two consider oral sex completely safe all the time <laughs> which you know to some extent it is safer absolutely but 100% safe it is not uh so like yeah um so i wonder if you know even saying like well we're not going to have sex tonight here they let me bury my head in your lap like uh right okay. uh, i mean i, think I wonder those things are like okay well let's just elaborate on this a little bit like, we're not going to tonight okay so we're not going to have like penetration sex mm-hmm. like can we still do other stuff i found that line like it was sort of a cute real seeming line but it also kind of suggested like the implication to me wasn't can i go down on you it was more like can we lay here and cuddle and you mm-hmm. know maybe have some sexual play with our kissing but probably not like people actually having orgasms and people's genitalia being exposed right right because i i mean and as someone who obviously i i like to have those conversations uh of like what both people want sexually before any sex happens but if i told someone i'm not interested in sex tonight and then they went to go down on me i would consider that a huge violation and a huge red flag and i'd be like hey what the actual fuck? <laughs> like I literally I'm just sorry, said. Were you not listening? Yeah, yeah. Said that. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, right. It's a really ambiguous turn of phrase. Like, mm-hmm. can we do other stuff? Right. Sure. What other stuff were you thinking of? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not that hard to expand that conversation in a meaningful way. And I do think that uh, we should definitely maybe even dedicate an episode to the safer sex talk kind of thing um the elevator speech i mean in an ideal world i would love to have reed mahalko on the show to talk about his elevator speech and his safer sex talk um because i think he was a a big pioneer in the like sex education field when it came to that that's a that might be a bit of a pipe dream i don't know (laughs) maybe not to lose by asking Um, but it's worthwhile episode and conversation to have with or without him Yes. There's a lot to say there. There's a lot to talk about when it comes to safer sex practices. And then just even like, you know, none of us want to be stigmatizing of people with STIs. That's the last thing I ever want to do. But I also think it's really important to have those conversations so you know what you're in for, you know? Well, I think that's where you can sort of practice having conversations about like, hey, here are some things we can definitely do. You know, like that would be super fun. And because you know of whatever STI status somebody might have or something else you know know, maybe let's not do XYZ at this point in time but we can certainly do A, B, and C Mm -hmm. yeah but having those kinds of like it still can be fun it still can be sexy it still can you can still have sex you Mm -hmm. just have to definition of sex is <laughs> right 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 um yeah you can have completely amazing sex i mean well one without the person ever even being in the same room <laughs> but two without using without having like piv sex or penetrative sex in any way uh yeah, yeah there's a there are a lot of options very 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 low risk sex even with <laughs> right. the other person right there touching you yes 
Um, so thank you for doing this fun, different kind of episode. And listeners, we hope that you enjoyed it too. And if you want to be interviewed, reach out. We're also still very happy to continue to talk with people on Zoom or Skype or FaceTime video or whatever format works for you. Otherwise, stay tuned and we'll do episode three of our series of the Easy Watch sometime soon. Yeah. All right. Have All a right. Night. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And that is it from us at Polyamory Uncensored. We have been Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams. We'd like to thank podcast husband Rob for being our sound engineer. And thank you, Lindsay, for editing this podcast so that we sound smart. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Polyamory Uncensored. Contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com if you have a listener question or a comment. And if you'd like to support us at all, you can send us a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash polyamoryuncensored and simply click on the support this podcast button. If you'd like to support the podcast with a one-time contribution, we have set up a PayPal link to make it super easy. Thank you for your support in any amount at paypal.me slash polyamoryuncensored. We hope you have enjoyed this episode and remember, we love you. Bye.